What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to the JGL Sports Talk Show. I'm your host, joining you on the wheel as always. I got my my wingman, uh, Kyle. Um, your last name is Kyle Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Edwards. Um, we're back in the building, back in the studio. What's going on, man? How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm good. Good time to be sports fan. You know, NFL getting into the swing of things, NBA right around the corner. So I am completely happy. And even World Cup coming up soon. So good time. Now, where where is – I mean, I know we don't talk about soccer. I mean, we, we could talk about soccer um, in a couple more episodes. But um, where is the World Cup being held this year? Like, where – It's in – I mean, I guess I whether you pronounce it Qatar or Qatar. Oh, Qatar, Qatar. yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard, I heard this, both um, ways. I yeah. think in 2026 because it's coming to MetLife in Jersey. Yeah, it's going to be but in the U.S., think, Mexico, and Canada. U.S., Mexico, yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, man, like Qatar seems like a seems like a rich country, man. Like a lot of you know nice, wealthy, kind of like a Dubai. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same, and that's kind of the reason why they had to push it to November because if they had done. Normally, summer World Cup over there, it'd be like 120 degrees or something, and the players would have been like passing out. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Like, because like, I, um, I was telling my parents, and my family, like, hey, man, if the World Cup comes to Jersey, I'm gonna be, I'm trying to get tickets, but I know they're gonna be expensive, like, but at least like to like a, like maybe like a, like a, maybe like a, um, I'm like what are they called before like the after like the like the different like the quarterfinals they call like the not oh you talking about the like, so like the group stage yeah the group stage yeah, the group yeah, stage yeah. and then the knockout round yeah yeah right right yeah that, so that'd be cool so uh yeah, let's hop right to the uh, to the show man so yeah. you know first first things first um like every sports network is talking about it sports mm-hmm. center ESPN um. Every we go, uh, they're talking about Tua. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna say his last name, Tagaliloa. <laughs> um, and you know, what do you, what, what, like, what do you think about that? Um, about the Tua situation. So for me, it's it's interesting because, you know, last week he had the hit against Buffalo. He got up and he was stumbling around. Normally, if you see a guy stumbling like that, you automatically think concussion. Now, he and the team have stuck behind the story that, you know, he stumbled around because he had a back injury and they're saying like ankle injury as well, which I guess if you really hurt your back that way, maybe when you stand up with the weight of everything, maybe you could stumble a little bit. But even if it was just a back injury, I don't see the you know necessity in playing him Thursday night then if he was somewhat injured. So... I know a lot of people are making connections between both hits and saying, well, because of the Buffalo hit, he shouldn't have been playing Thursday. And there's definitely some break in communication there. I do agree with that. I feel like it's too easy in the season where all the questions that were around that hit, he should have sat. I mean, you have Teddy Bridgewater. He could have gotten you through that game and then you re- reevaluate him and you look to play him next week. So, I think Miami was in the wrong here and sure the image of him, you know, with his fingers locked up 
and just like blank stare. Not a great look. And I've been hearing a lot of people, you know, through the morning shows talking about the NFL has like a legit image problem because of it. And I heard a stat from somebody where they said like uh, child um, participation in football is down like 39%, which is something that the league will have to seriously look at because obviously if the sport dies on a child level, then eventually I guess the talent pool gets smaller and then maybe eventually you just lose it lose your audience i don't think it's that drastic because you know everybody loves football right now but they're gonna have to try to figure out something to make it even more safer than they have been in the past years and i think it has to start with the playing surface they should just go grass everywhere because grass is at least somewhat forgiving you know playing on turf field turf all that it's basically like concrete underneath it. So when you're slamming your head against it, you're going to get hurt. So I'm sure that's something the league will look into, but I, I don't know. It's, it's something that shouldn't have happened. I'm glad two was fine. And he was able to like fly back with the team, but it was definitely a scary sight. See, like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad he did fly that back with the team, but in a way, like, I mean, I know he's an athlete. He probably gets the, probably the best care Mm-hmm. Um, than an average, you know, human being. Because, like, you know, he, obviously he's their QB. Like, you know how, like, a president, you know, of the United States, they get really sick or, like, they, they you know, catch COVID or something like that, and they take them to Walter White. Yeah. Or, or Walter, um, Walter, Walter Reed. Reed. Yeah. And, like, they get the top care. It's kind of like that. Like, and I get it. He's an athlete. He need, they need to have him healthy at all times. But, um. I mean, I didn't see the whole game of the Bills game because um, it's not it wasn't a local game. Mm-hmm. But I saw the highlights and like I don't see how um the Miami can um after he got after he got taken down, like you can see he 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 got taken down awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got up, he stumbled, looking like a zombie out there, you know, kind of like finding his balance. Okay, he went back to the locker room went, or went under the tent, got checked out. I, I mean, we don't know as like analysts or like you know reporters or broadcasters like what went on in the concussion protocol, but there's no way in hell that if I was like the training staff or like you know part of the Miami Dolphins like management, I would never let Tua come back in that game because seeing that, seeing I mean, it was scary. It was it was very scary to see him like you know the highlights of him like you know wobbling, and um and like I have much love for him because he's a former uh, Alabama quarterback, so like mm-hmm. you know. I give all the love to like Mac Jones, like you know Tua, um, but I don't know. I kind of felt like, okay, like yeah, he's on he's a number one QB, a number one option. Yeah, let's get him out there. Let's team to the Wolves, even though he's hurt. Um, now sure. there's some things where there's some reports saying that he did pass protocol, concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I don't want to um advertise on um, Bart Scott. The Bart Scott on the first take this morning <laughs> said that um when he was playing in the league. There, there are some cases where players like you know, um, and when it comes to like the, like the, like, like the test, um, some players will cheat the test. You know, what I'm saying, and that's where the protocols are like not really reliable, because like you know, and I feel like, uh, and now this happened on on Thursday with the whole the, kind of the same like kind of sack, uh, how he got thrown onto the turf, um, and. 
the way like he was on his back with his like fingers like like crossed and stuff like you know like I mean I know we're not doctors that's above our our pay our pay grade and our you know our profession and but when you're like you know fidgety and like you know can't walk straight how the hell are you gonna be able to like throw a ball like when you're dizzy and stuff like and like I mean maybe I would have felt better if they would have like you know benched him after the Bills game but like reevaluate him like you said. Um, you know, give him some more tests. Yeah. Um, but apparently, I mean, the report is saying that he went through con- concussion protocol, but something is, something is fishy because if nothing was going on, the NFL wouldn't be lost in the investigation into what's going on because so- someone's going to get fired. Someone's going to get suspended because no way, no, no way, like, he just, like, didn't he, – he just came back. Mm-hmm. After that Bills hit and then played Thursday night. Like like you said, had had Bridgewater play in his place yeah. to get better. But I mean, I'm glad he and then the fact that he was at the hospital, got checked out, and then got back on, on the plane with his team. Like when you're up in the plane, that 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 pressure on your head too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm surprised they just didn't like stay where he was at the hospital or whatever and went back home, whatever, but I'm glad he's okay and, and, and in good spirits, but you know we got to protect the players and stuff. So exactly. Well, there was something interesting after the game because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who does the the like post game show for Thursday Night Football, he said he talked to two of the day before, and he said that just of course he's not a doctor or anything, but he said just talking to him, you wouldn't have thought he had a concussion or anything. So to he said to himself. Tua seemed fine and maybe that's a part of the story or whatever but there is there is the off chance that the buffalo hit wasn't a concussion and he was fine to go the hit he took from cincinnati whether he was previously concussed or not that's a hit that would give you a concussion anyway because you know he was slammed on the back of his head and that's one of those turfs where it's really hard underneath it. So I guess I could see where maybe Miami could stick to their story and maybe it'd be believable. Because it'd be one thing if it was just like some regular hit he took and then that happened to him, then that would look worse. But since he took a really bad hit, maybe. I know the league's getting involved because the league has a process in place where you know you have like independent... Uh, neurologists and all that that are supposed to be spotted like at the you know top of the stadium looking down so if they see something out of the ordinary they're supposed to make the call so i think from the investigation they need to find out like did Tua make the call himself and tell them he's good to go and they were like oh okay go ahead because that's the case and yeah that's like a violation of the protocol so i guess we'll have to see once the invas- once the investigation is done what exactly we learn because it's going to be a news story for the next couple of days for sure. Yeah. Cause we forget that like, you know, like, I mean, obviously it was a, it was a, it was a quick turnaround. It was like four days. They played Sunday against the bills and it was a four, four day quick turnaround against the, against the Bengals. And yeah. um, the report um, on ESPN that I'm reading saying it says that, uh, um, let me see what the article um, so the article that says that um, he's he's he, he stumbled um, after hitting his head on the ground suggested a display of gross mo- gross motor 
instability, which according to NFL's concussion protocol required him to be taken directly straight back to the locker room for evaluation. Yeah. Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel said that um, Tua insisted that a back injury he suffered earlier in the game was playing for the stumble. The quarterback said Monday that he had passed his evaluation for a concussion at halftime Sunday. It was clear that to return to the game. Um, Daniel said on Monday, if any red flag popped up during the evaluation, uh, Tua would have not played. Um, so, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, doctor terms in the article, but like, it, it just goes to show that, like, I don't know, maybe he, maybe, maybe we, we are wrong. Maybe he did pass, pass protocol and he was prepared to go back in the game, but it's clear that like he couldn't even stand, like, Actually, got hit against Buffalo, and like just the way that you know that quick turnaround mm-hmm. of that four four games again um, playing on Thursday night. I mean, you know, you, you know, teams going to come after the quarterback with sacks. So, um, I don't know. It's just I I feel like someone in the medical for the medical team of in Miami in the organization this should like you know get some blame because um, like even the, even some veterans on the team. Gonna be like, yo, like coach, like Tua doesn't look good, like you know what I'm saying, like right. why would you put him in the game? So, yeah, and um, Andrew Whitworth said that that happened to him once. He had a concussion, he passed the test, and he was like, yeah, I could go back in. And it was a teammate who saw him was like, yeah, you're not right, and told the coaches like, you got to take him out. So there's a there's a lot of ways that this could have been avoided. I will say the Buffalo game. Like he went back into that one, and they ended up winning the game. So I don't know. It, it's it's a story that we'll need to see. You know what we get from the investigation. You know what was the coaches role in all this? The medical staff, or I mean, is I'm it just something like, where Tua had two big hits back to back games, and that's just what it is? I mean, I'm just scared. I mean, I mean, people are saying like, like, oh, they want to see Lamar in Miami, like. The way they're treating Tua right now in Miami, like with, I mean, I guess they're not treating him poorly, but like letting him play. Like, who wants to play with the medical staff? Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, because I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that the players have a say and they want to go back in. I mean, they could say, oh, yeah, coach, I feel healthy about going in. But no, like, I mean, he's not a medical professional. He doesn't know, like, what's going on neurologically in his, in his spine or like his, his, his back or whatever. Like, I mean, it's supposed to be the team. That, that clears them, which apparently they did, but I mean, I would have still like held them back for like maybe a maybe until like this Sunday's game or whatever. Had Bridgewater play Thursday night, mm-hmm. which he played a pretty good game, but I mean, obviously they lost twenty-seven to fifteen. But like, and plus it wasn't really expected. Like Bridgewater, like you know, he wasn't really prepared for this moment to start after him, you know, because he went down with the injury, but um, like I don't know, I'm just I'm just worried about his future with Miami because like it will. Like, what if they play him next game, and then the same same hit, same sack happens, and boom, boom, boom. It's, it's going to be back-to-back, like, tests on mm-hmm. concussion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I just don't feel like, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, he hopped on the team playing after the game, and I get that once he was a team. But, like, I just don't get how they first dis- discharged him fast from the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they ran the test, but, like, he should have just, like, stayed, stayed back up with his family or, like, you know one of his coaches and, you know, kind of like, you know, got reevaluated more to see what was the problem instead of going back out and maybe playing next week's game. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have 10 days until their next game. So 
I'm sure in that 10 day window, he'll probably be cleared to play again. But then now it's going to be on Coach McDaniel. You know, do you put him out there and risk him getting, you know, a concussion in three straight games? Because we've seen athletes' careers like considerably shortened because of concussion history. Now, you know, it's been mainly like wide receivers and stuff because they're more at risk of taking big hits. But if this is something where, you know, Tua is consistently taking big hits, having concussions, he's not going to last much longer in the NFL. I mean, I think the only person I could think of that was maybe Jim McMahon with like the old Bears. I think he used to uh, take a lot of hits and had a lot of concussions to the point where like he had to wear like sunglasses off the field all the time because he had light sensitivity. So maybe it's something at the end of the season to him probably reevaluates his career. Maybe his family talks to him. I mean, if he has any more this season, he might have to think about like stepping away from the game or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like when, um, like in the article I'm reading, it says that, um, um, the section of the protocol concludes that if um, the team physician in c- consolation with the Cylon unaffiliated neuro- neurotrauma consultant determines that instability to the to be neurologically caused, the player is then a no go and may not return to the play. In uh, Tua's case, the gross motor instability was attributed to a back injury and not concussion because it was not neurologically caused, according to the de- determination. Of the team and uh, doctors, uh, um, so then it going to depth like what was his like week like with the team leading into the Thursday night game. Um, Phil said Friday that Tua was checked for concussion symptoms every day this week, including Thursday. The Dolphins did not practice Monday, which is not unusual at three Sunday night's game right. or Sunday game, but they did release an um, estimated injury report as if they did practice. The Tua was listed as DNP and did not participate because of back and ankle injury, uh, injuries. McDaniel, da da da. Uh, when Tua, so this is an important thing that I saw in the article. Like when Tua was sacked on Thursday, it was, it was reported he went into a fencing response. What is that? So I guess um, the fencing response is an involuntary neurological response to a significant c- concussive event in yeah. which the forearms become rigidly positioned outward for a brief period. The term originated from the report of fencing engraved with the position of one arm flexed and the other extended. Um, so then they go uh, with his current situation. Um, Tuggaloa was treated at the University of Cincinnati and was discharged before the Dolphins left the Cincinnati area for South Florida. Uh, Tuggaloa um, underwent testing, which showed no structural damage to the head or neck area, sources said. He was alert and had feeling in his extremities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, so then I guess they say what's next. Um, so I guess they, like phase one, I guess the rest was the most important. Phase two, gradual progress toward cardiovascular exercise. Phase three, increased cardiac exercise to mimic sports specific activity. Um, the phase four, the player can advance to non-contact football. So I mean, there's a lot of phases in this where he can like you know, where he has to he come back. So like obviously rest is important. You know, getting back to like you know, but I mean it's weird because like is it a back injury or is it a spine? neck injury because like the second one when he got hit in Thursday said like the fencing position it goes it does cause by neurological neuro, neuro, neurological like issues so like mm-hmm. then, then again me and you are not doctors so we can't really like diagnose 
if he had this or that. But like just seeing him on the field laying down flat, like like this, you know, kind of unconscious. For, like he was down for like seven minutes on the seven minutes, so he was down for a little a long time. So, I mean, like yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll see what what like what comes out of it. I know the NFL yeah. doing it a strict investigation and what's going on. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the players' association is investigating as well. So. Something's going to be found out, and hopefully he doesn't have to deal with this for the rest of his career. But now with every hit he takes, everybody's going to be wondering, like, is it going to be okay? And, I mean, that's that's kind of the rule for every athlete. Every hit they take, you do want them to be able to get up from the hit. But right, right. after these past two weeks, it's going to be tough watching him take a sack. So hopefully he makes it through the season. That's all I can say. That's, that's all we can do, man. Uh, it's hope and pray, man. I mean, even though I'm not a Miami fan, but ho- hopefully, like, you know, he gets better. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he gets at rest. All right, but, like, moving on, let's go. Um, I, did you write down our our um, picks for last week? No, I didn't. Um, I think – I mean, if I looked at the schedule, I could probably remember which picks I made. But, yeah, I didn't write down. I'll have to think about that now. Yeah, so for like week three, um, let's go for week three uh, review. Yeah. Um, starting with the um, Thursday night's game last week, uh, September 22nd, um, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Um, Cleveland um, won 29-17. Jacoby had 221 20, uh, yards, passing yards. Uh, Nick Chubb had 113. And Amari Cooper had 101. Did they have 101 that game? So I remember with that game that I I know I picked Cleveland in that one, and it kind of went the way I thought it was going to because the running game of Cleveland is because of Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I feel like Cleveland should be in a lot of football games this year. It's just going to come down to Jacoby Brissett and whether or not he can make. He doesn't make all the plays. He just doesn't make like a couple of plays a game to get them, you know, to have some points on the board, I think they'll be fine against certain teams. Because for Cleveland and their fans, they just need Cleveland to kind of tread water until Deshaun Watson's ready to come back in week 13. So if they're hovering around 500, I think Browns fans would be happy with that. And that game kind of showed that Trubisky for the Steelers is on borrowed time. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter probably within a couple of weeks here. Oh yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, so together yeah, Browns, I mean Nick Chubb had for uh, went twenty one for thirty one. Uh I mean Brissett, I mean uh he went um twenty one for thirty one, two and twenty pass yards, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb had twenty three carries for one hundred thirteen yards, one touchdown. And uh Mark Cooper went off with seven receiving uh caught seven passes for hundred and one yards, one touchdown. So all across that board. I mean, even now I'm a Ravens fan, and the Browns, you know, they're in the same division. Mm-hmm. Um, the Browns, I mean, they, they look pretty good against the Steelers. Um, and, and it's not surprising because, you know, like you, like you said, the Browns have a better roster with come to Amari Cooper and Chubb. And um, it just comes down to, like you said, Brissett. Also, a star line in that Browns. Like, Miles Garrett had a had a terrible accident, man. Um, did you hear about that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, I think they said he was going, like, I guess above the speed limit. 
but it seems like he's okay and he expects to play this weekend. So um, that that's definitely encouraging to hear. So okay, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see the next, um, the next game. Okay, the one. Um, I think I had, I definitely had the Chiefs winning against the Colts. Um, but you know the Colts won twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes had one touchdown. Uh, had two hundred sixty two pass yards. For 20-35 um, completion rate, um, Te- Jonathan Taylor had 71 yards off of 21 carries. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had five catches um, for 89 yards. I mean, that game was kind of, you know, it was down to the it was down to the wire. But, I yeah. mean, you know, um, Matt Ryan looked pumped to get that win. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone, I guess everyone doubted. It's the, the Colts because he knows the Chiefs, Mahomes, you know. Right. So how do you feel about that game, man? I mean, I wouldn't overreact to the Colts winning that game. I think they still have a lot of questions to answer. You know, looking at them offensively, Jonathan Taylor's like the only guy. Well, I guess Michael Pittman Jr. Those are the, like the two guys that I would be worried about as a team trying to game plan for them defensively Matt Ryan needs to string together a couple of you know good performances together to kind of make us forget the first couple of weeks of the season but um Kansas City should be fine hopefully this is a springboard win for the Colts to try to figure it out but yeah I I wouldn't read too much into this game either way for each team yeah, I mean the Colts are now one one and one. Yeah, so I mean they got a like tough schedule, especially with like the Jack, um, especially with the Jaguars in their conference, mm-hmm. and they're clicking too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next game on the schedule was the Ravens and Patriots. I think I picked the Ravens in this game, I believe, um, because just because they were the or actually they were away, but um, Lamar had eleven. Um, 170 yards. I think, yeah, 170 yards rushing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One touchdown. Um, go to this. Open up the box score real quick. Um, 218 passing yards. Uh, he had 107 uh, yards rushing. Um, he had a P rating of 110. Um, Matt Jones went, uh, had three interceptions, um, 321 yards through. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I kind of expect the Ravens to win this game. Um, it's just the that, like, like Lamar, that's why they call him Lamarvelous, man, because he's Lamarvelous. Like he does, Lamar, he does he does Lamarvelous things. <laughs> Mac Jones, I mean, yeah, he he's had a pretty good game in the first quarter, but like during the rest of the game, like, he was just, you know. Throwing the ball away, we picked it off a couple times. Marlon Mar- Humphrey, um, Kyle Hamlin had a fourth fumble, uh, punched the ball out. Um, and just more on the Ra- Ravens defense, like you know, kind of keeping keeping Mac Jones in check. I know Mac Jones had a couple of touchdowns, but Lamar, man, like he was doing some special things. Like you know, uh, did that sh- did that shovel pass to uh, Mark Andrews for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. 
I mean, we'll get into week, uh, week four, but I mean, they have a tough game against the Bills this week. So, I mean, we'll see how we do against them. But yeah, overall, I mean, Ravens had a good game. I mean, you being a Patriots fan, what do you think, think about that game, man? So when, I mean, I watched the game and my my takeaway from it was for Mac Jones, I thought Mac Jones played really well. Yeah, he had three interceptions, no touchdowns, but he established a connection with Devontae Parker. So that was something I could take from that because the first few weeks, Devontae Parker was trying to find his way in the, in the offense. But against Baltimore, like, he was everywhere. He caught passes over the middle. He caught passes deep down the sideline. So I think he established himself and found a role within the offense. Mac Jones threw those interceptions. Like the first one, he threw kind of a jump ball to Devontae Parker in the back of the end zone, but they weren't on the same page. That's something that would come with time. Of course, Mac Jones is now going to be out for a few weeks, but that's something that, you know, they would get on the same page with that with more games together. You know, second interception, he was throwing it over the middle to Devontae Parker. And I can't remember who the Ravens linebacker was, but he kind of fell back in the zone and he picked it off. That's a throw Mac Jones shouldn't make. But I kind of get where he, you know, he was kind of excited for the day Devontae Parker was having. And he was really trying to make it a thing to target him. That's where it backfired on him. The third interception was kind of at the end of the game where they just needed yards. I think it was the actual play where he hurt his ankle because Calais Campbell was like barreling down on him and the pass went a little high. So those are things that, you know, he would clean up because he's normally very accurate and, com- and you know, protective of the ball. Lamar, um, I will say the Patriots defense, I mean, yeah, you look at the score and you make it and it kind of seems like you know, the Ravens offense had like this great day. I actually think the Patriots defense played pretty well because they got like four sacks on Lamar. There was another like three that they could have had where they had a hand on him and he just slipped away. So that's the, that's the danger when facing Lamar. If you get to him, you have to get him to the ground because if you don't, then he breaks containment and now it's just backyard football at that point. And even right. a couple a couple of his touchdown passes, you know, the Mark Andrews one, he kind of just threw it up there to him and only because McCourty didn't turn around. So, yeah, Lamar had a good game. But I do think, you know, the Patriots showed pretty well against them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I know we didn't use Dobbins as much because it was his first game back. So right. I know we're going to get him in the mix. I know we. I know. Um, I heard that uh, Ryan Stanley's coming back, or he's questionable for the Bills game. Um, so we're mm-hmm. getting, so we're getting some some key pieces back, and then we have uh, Justin Pierre Paul making his, his debut uh, in Baltimore against the Bills. So I mean, we have some 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 pieces uh, that we're getting uh, into the we're getting into the mix. So, right. but but like you said, I mean, like there's a couple plays where like they had Lamar in check, like. Still, Lamar couldn't. I mean, yeah, he's had that four times, but like, even that, yeah, like, when I got home, um, like, watched it on TV, it was like, man, he just kept on throwing picks and picks. Probably because our, because like, we were blitzing him a lot. And then in the second, second half into the fourth quarter, um, like, Kyle Hampton, like, everyone, like, everyone was talking about how he had 
busted up coverage against Miami, which he did because I was there. But um, like you know, he's he like he stepped him in a big way. Um, he got that that forced fumble. Um, Peters is looking like a dog. Uh, Marcus Peters is looking like a dog out there. Mama Humphrey getting some picks. I mean, like like I said, like Ravens. I mean, we we we've all known that Ravens are are known for their defense and like their ball hawk, tough, hard nosed defense. So I'm like, I think we proved that again in like against the Patriots. I'm not saying you know he has Mac Jones and like hopefully he gets better with his uh I think he has like a high ankle sprain. Yep. So like I don't know how long that's gonna. I heard that injury can take like you know a while to get healthy because it's a high ankle sprain. Um. But yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. How like you know, the Patriots had him in check for like a couple of plays in maybe the first half, but Lamar just got in a rhythm, and he he threw for two hundred something yards, rough for one hundred seven, so he couldn't really get 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 stopped later on in the game. So yeah, like like all in all, that was a good game, and um. Yeah, we'll see if we uh, can win against the Bills this week. It's gonna be a tough one, but I'm like, who do y'all got for the Patriots this week? Like, who do y'all got? Uh, the Packers. Oof. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but I mean, I I think I mean I know we'll talk about it later, but so it's kind of for the for the Hoyer show now. Yeah, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, or Hoyer. Yeah, I mean Hoyer is. He's a serviceable backup quarterback, and as I've you know kind of told people, his only job will be make the the obvious play. If it's a passing play, hit an open receiver. Just let you know let the playmakers make plays. You know, don't worry about you know trying to extend plays and throwing over the top and all that. Don't rush it. Take what. Green Bay's defense gives you use the running game and they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We'll see. We'll see about about that game. I mean, I'm. I guess we'll make our picks uh, from this week coming up, yeah. so we'll get more in depth in the um our our preview uh, next segment. But um, I mean, we don't we really don't have to talk about the next game because it was a boring ass game. Um, for, Broncos Niners. 10 yeah. to 11, kind of a horrible game, either way you look at it. Um, so the only me, thing I'll say about that game is, yeah, you know, go ahead, er, go ahead. Er, everybody's making fun of Garoppolo stepping out of the back of the end zone. Oh, throwing, man. Yeah. I still think Dan Orlovsky's play is way worse than Garoppolo because Garoppolo's backing up. He took one step out of bounds. He threw the ball. Orlovsky went out of bounds and continued to, like, roll out while out of bounds. That's still worse than Garoppolo. Oh man! So this is like as soon as it happened, everybody's like, "Oh, Orlovsky's off the hook now." It's like, not really. That's I mean, that's the only thing I'll say about that game. And yeah. they actually got lucky on that because if he didn't step out of bounds, it would have been a pick six. So you'd rather take a safety over a pick six. So they got lucky there. And Denver's offense still needs help. That's that's all you need to say about that game. Right. So yeah, Broncos one eleven to ten. Um, I, I'm assuming there was an odd number because what that that safety it was yep. two points. So that, that it was like a low scoring, boring game, um, sloppy on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
The only um, issue is like it overshadows both teams' defenses because both oh, teams yeah. have really good defenses. But all anybody's going to talk about is how bad Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo looked, right? And the, right. And the throws that they missed. So exactly. On the next game, uh, another close game: Texans and Bears. Uh, Texans our Bears won twenty-three twenty. On Raiders twenty-four twenty-two. Uh, Titans won that game. Mm-hmm. Raiders are Raiders are looking. I see all these teams like you know that I, we expect to do good like, like the Raiders with Devontae Adams, like Herbert. I mean, we'll get into that Herbert. Um, Herbert, like you know, the, the Chargers, like all these teams that we thought were going to be like you know top tier. They're kind of like uh like they're kind of like I mean, like Raiders are like what, like zero and three. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're winless. I will say I wasn't on the Raiders bandwagon. Um, I no, me neither. I had I the mean, Raiders I, finishing last in that division anyway. I mean, I did pick Adam for my fantasy football league. That's about it. I mean, I thought he was going to go off, but yeah, he hasn't been, hasn't been giving me that, those numbers. Yeah, but I mean, the the people who had the Raiders in the playoffs are the ones who are really surprised by this start. Oh yeah, I'm not. I I didn't have them as a playoff team, at least not this year. They they. Still have some holes to fill because, yeah, you have Devontae Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller. That seems like that should be a pretty good offense. Derek Carr still has his issues. And Derek Carr is one of those quarterbacks where he'll have a couple of games where he'll look great and you'll wonder why he's only been to the playoffs once. And then he'll have a bunch of games where you look at it and be like, oh, that's why he hasn't been in the playoffs that much. Mm-hmm. And that game this past weekend was one of those where it's like, that's why, yeah. So if they can turn it around fine, if not, I worry that Josh McDaniels is going to take a lot of heat because I think there's a lot of people who don't think he should have gotten the job there because of what happened with uh, Denver years ago. And then that situation where he took the indie job and then backed out of it late. So I think he's burned a lot of bridges around the league. And if this doesn't work with the Raiders this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one and done. I don't think it's going to happen. But if that happens, he probably wouldn't get another shot at a head co- at a head coaching job, at least in the NFL, I think. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. Now let's go briefly down down the uh, down the line as the games. Um, so. Um... Bills and Dolphins. Um, uh, Dolphins won 21-19. Um, Lions uh, twenty to four against uh, our Vikings twenty twenty to twenty four. Mm-hmm. Bengals uh, snatched the Jets as as usual twenty seven to four twenty seven to twelve. Eagles twenty twenty four eight. Very hot team. Uh, they beat the Commanders. Um, Panthers Saints. Uh, Panthers won twenty two fourteen. Um, Jaguars looking kind of uh, looking good. Uh, they smashed the Chargers thirty to ten, and I just heard Keenan Allen is it got ruled out of the of this game. So he's out again. Um, so I said our receiver out. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals uh, or Rams beat the Cardinals twenty twelve. Um, Falcons Seahawks Falcons beat the Seahawks. Uh, they got their win twenty seven point three, and then the four o'clock game the uh, the Buccaneers Packers fourteen uh, twelve. Another I mean. Close, unusual like game, fourteen twelve, and then the Monday night game. Cooper Rush led the Cowboys um, to a win in twenty thirty sixteen. Um, so now, like, let's let's talk about that the the Cowboys game. Um, 
So we all know that guy, you know, is slowly coming back. Mm -hmm. Cooper Rush is doing good things as a backup. I mean, do you think that – I mean, Jerry Jones has said that, you know, he likes Cooper Rush. Um, so when that gets better and gets healthy and gets back on the field, I mean, obviously, do you think that's going to be a starter, knowing that Cooper Rush is doing good? Because that might that might that might make Rush feel kind of like, damn, like I've been doing good. Like, so how do you feel about that? There is no chance Cooper Rush starts <laughs> when Dak Prescott's ready to go. Oh no, no, no! Like, I'm not. I mean, I'm not trying to disagree. I'm saying that, like, I mean that with that situation, like you know, he's doing good. As the backup holding the team down, I could yeah. normally in a case a backup, you know, loses the game, you know, because they haven't had that playing time. So like, mm-hmm. he's kind of shocked everyone at the backup. He's has the Cowboys fans, you know, Cowboys fans, the Cowboys fans, they're all exactly. going to they're all going to support, you know, whatever played on their team, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what do you think about? It? I mean, obviously Dak will come back, yeah. Start, but with that production that Cooper Rush is playing with, that might be wasted, you know. I still need to see a little more from Cooper Rush because I'm I'm still of the mindset that the two games he's won might have been more about the opponent than about his production. And he's also had two good games of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. So is Cooper Rush the type where if the running game isn't effective – you know, could Mike McCarthy put the ball in Cooper Rush's hands 40, 45 times, make him throw it, and the Cowboys get a win that way? I don't think so. I do think for the way that the game plan has been the past couple of weeks, Cooper Rush fits that well, where it's, you know, a lot of running the ball, a lot of short passes, and the occasional intermediate ball. Because he did, I mean, he does throw the ball pretty well, that touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb was like one hand, uh, one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. That's a great throw. So the talent's there. I I mean, I think Cooper Rush at this point is kind of playing for he's he's like auditioning for other teams for next year. And maybe he gets a starting job out of it, maybe not, or maybe he's just right back in Dallas as a backup next year. But I don't think he's done enough yet to be elevated to the point where it's like, you know, teams with struggling quarterbacks should be looking at Cooper Rush for, you know, solutions next year. So that, that's where I am with him. But yeah, I, I mean, I get Jerry Jones saying that because, you know, it's good to feed Cooper Rush's ego so he can continue to get good starts out of him. But yeah, he's still a backup quarterback to me as of right now. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree on that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's going to be that number one quarterback when he comes back. But um, see, Dak. I mean, he's a good quarterback. It's just like he's like kind of like like injury prone in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's where's I mean, when he got hurt, uh, like was it the Achilles? Um, he got uh, or was it the ACL? I mean, it really wasn't his fault. Uday got hurt because I guess oh, the way yeah, he, you're, you're talking about the one where basically he his leg was like 
pointing the wrong direction in the middle of the field. Yeah, that. Yeah, one. I I wouldn't really put that as injury prone because that's that's like a freak thing that, that freak happened. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can't really place the blame on, on that, but like you know, you can't really have to play a full a full season since like you know since that that happened and then mm-hmm. with with his finger issue or a thumb. Um, now yeah, it now seems like that, there's always something with him. Always something year. with him. Yeah. So you can't really guarantee he's gonna be a uh, start a whole every all 17 games. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right, now I, I mean I know you've been waiting for this. Let's go to our, our week four um, previews. Yeah, we got Let's some go big we got some big games. Yep. For week four, um, I guess I mean so the Bengals and um, Miami kicked it off on Thursday night. They, yep. You know, two went down with the inj- with that with, with the injury. Um, mm-hmm. Bengals won twenty seven fifteen. Um, and on this next on this next game, I guess on ESPN, um, Bills and Ravens. So the Ravens are a, actually Buffalo. Well, the other day, Baltimore was three points ahead, but now Buffalo is now. The three point favorite in the game, but I still think that, like, if the way our defense is clicking, uh, uh, I think we can, uh, you know, you know, um, especially with like, I think Michael Hyde is still out on yep. the defensive side of the ball. I mean, as long as the market stay protected and, and throw it, I mean, I think the Ravens can, can upset the Bills. I mean, it's gonna, I mean, I don't know why the game is not prime time, uh, instead of a one o'clock game. Um, because everyone ha- wants to have their eyes on Lamar and, and Josh Allen, but I mean, I I'm sure it'll probably be one of the prominent one o'clock games nationwide. So I think a large part of the audience will be able to see it. I do think what may have swung the line the other way was that Mac Jones put up 300 plus against the Ravens defense, and to Vegas and betters, you know, you look at Josh Allen and the wide receivers that he has, you would say that they're better than New England's group right now. So in Vegas's mind, if Mac Jones threw for 300 plus, then you should probably write in Josh Allen would do the same, if not even more, and probably wouldn't have a, you know, zero touchdown, three interception line. That's the only thing I think of. And then defensively, Buffalo has a lot of question marks in their secondary because no Micah Hyde Poyer, I think, will play, but he's he's going to be hobbled. They still don't have Tredavious White, and those are three major pieces in the secondary. So it's a game that, you know, if Lamar is on in terms of accuracy and stuff, it could turn into a shootout both ways. But Baltimore does play a lot of man, like, press cover. And right. if Lamar's off with accuracy, it could turn into like a couple of turnovers. So it could go either way for sure with this one. Uh, I do think Baltimore probably pulls this one out because I'm just assuming that Buffalo's going to bring a lot of blitzing to Lamar and he's going to escape at least three or four of them and have big plays with his legs. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor. So you so you have Baltimore being in Buffalo. Yeah, I think it's going to be What's a very the, close game, though. Okay. Yeah, like I'm going to ask what like what, what the score is going to be. I could see. I mean, I could see like 27, 26, 
like a Justin Tucker field goal being the difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I kind of uh, like I had the Ravens winning. 24-17, it's going to be a close one. Just because they're the two, like, you know, most prominent, you know, quarterbacks in, in today's game right now. Um, he's up there for Hurts. Uh, Lamar, Josh Allen. If you rank them right now, it would be Lamar, Josh Allen, and Hurts. Or or maybe Hurts. Hurts in that same tier as Lamar because he's they're still undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, so yeah, I, I probably go Lamar, uh, Hurts, and then Allen, but they're very, very close. And like, but Lamar, but like I said, like uh, last week, like Lamar is first in pass touchdowns, first in uh, QB ratings, and fourth in rushing touchdowns. So like, he's kind of separating himself right now from the pack. So, um, yeah, so definitely that, that that'd be a close game. Um, we don't have to go through all the games. I know let's you know, let's do the primetime games. Um. So the, yeah. So what's Sunday night's game? Sunday night. That's Chiefs Bucks. Chief, I uh, I know Chief that Bucks. off the top of my head because I've seen all the commercials already about that matchup. So yeah. Chiefs Bucks. I mean, um, so do you um the buck? Uh, see the they don't have the line or it's even. They say even line. Yeah, it's even. an even line right now. Yeah. Um. I kind of think that's probably giving. Okay, so I'll say that's probably giving the Bucks more credit than maybe they should right now. That's not to say the Bucks are a bad team, but if you follow Brady's career, the first three to four games, he doesn't play all that well. And then usually once the calendar turns to October, you see him start to get a little bit better. And then he usually hits his stride by November. Buccaneers still have injuries. I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin might play. But with Godwin, we don't know. He could re-injure himself like he did last time. So I'd want to see him make it through the game first. That would definitely help them. But I think the Chiefs win this one only because, like I said, Brady is still figuring out things with his line and, and you know, that's kind of led to a lot of their sluggish play these first three weeks. And, you know, the Bucks defense is pretty good. But, I mean, Kansas City's offense, when clicking, is still very high-powered, even without Tyreek Hill. I do think this is another close one. I could see it being maybe like – uh. 26 23 type of game for Kansas City. But I think we'll start to see some of that uh play from but from the Bucks in this game where we'll be like, okay, we're starting to see little pieces of that championship quality team. Yeah, it, and I forget this matchup was was the, the Super Bowl matchup uh, yeah. a couple years ago. So I mean, I is it at Arrowhead Stadium to, this time around or is it in Tampa? So that's even another part of the story because because of the hurricane, at oh, yeah. first it was going to be played in like uh, somewhere like, in the Midwest. I can't remember where. Like, like Minneapolis or something like that? Or Minnesota. Something like that. Yeah. But then they decided they're going to have it back in Tampa. So Tampa is going to have to fly back from Minnesota because they were planning on the game being there. 
So that may play into this matchup as well because that's a lot of travel for them, whereas Kansas City has been kind of chilling in Kansas City and then we'll just fly over to Tampa Bay at this point. But, um, but yeah, Brady will definitely keep it close because I know when Brady goes up against Mahomes, Brady likes to play really well because, you know, the whole Madden cover where they have the both of them on there, they're already trying to make Mahomes to be the next GOAT. And we know that Brady's real competitive and doesn't want to hear any of that talk. So I think it's going to be a great game Sunday night. But I do think the Chiefs pull it out in the end. Oh. So I want to go – I want to be like the like the asshole and, and go say Tom Brady because I want to disagree. But I don't know. It's just like with, with – um, with Tom Brady's like O line, um, I think I think I ha- I see this Mahomes, you know, is tearing that defense apart with uh, Juju Smith Schuster and uh, and uh, who like who are some other um, receivers? Uh, I mean, they have Smith Schuster. They have well, they have Kelsey at the tight end spot. They have um, was it Mikael Hardman? Oh yeah, Hardman, yeah, yeah. wide receiver on the other side. I mean, they have Edwards Alaire that they use in the passing game a lot. So they have several ways to attack defenses. I mean, if Godwin and Evans are legitimately healthy, then the Buccaneers will be right there with them. If they're hobbled in any way, then it will be tough, you know, for Brady in that offense to put up points, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I mean, I think she's winning. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be thirty Chiefs, uh, Bucks twenty four, Bucks lose by six points. Just because, like, just because the way I saw the way that game ended um, against the Packers, like, I mean, the snap counts were kind of off. Um, yeah, Brady didn't get the ball out in time. I mean, I know he's a goat, but like, you know, in that game, that can't happen. I'm not sure if they had timeouts left in the game, but he did get a call timeout. But um. I mean, a lot of that comes with an offensive yeah, line that just that was new. put together not too long ago. Because with the offensive line, they have to get used to each other because they all needed to, need to work in unison to be effective. If you have one guy that's you know a half a step slow in his blocking scheme, that can throw the whole line off. So I think with each week, they'll probably look better and better. It's just that's probably gonna take a couple more weeks for them to really gel and play well. Like, do you think the way Tom Brady's playing, like this 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 season, these past couple games, do you think do you think this will, this will be his last run? But because we all, I mean, we all thought we all thought you know this year was his last year, like before the season started. I mean, obviously, like he can play however long he wants to, but like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you see like you know? Because everyone was talking about how, like, I think before the season started with, like, that press conference he had about, like, oh, like, him, like, you know, focusing on family and everything and, you know, focusing on the other chapter of his life. Yeah. Do you see this as being his last, you know, his officially last year? So the, the, entr- the like, interesting thing with Brady is basically for, like, the past three to four years, Giselle – like reportedly has wanted him to retire, but he's constantly kept going out there and playing and he's played well. I do think that with the off season stuff about, you know, him and Giselle not seeing eye to eye about him playing this season, 
to the point where it's like you know their marriage could like break up over football or whatever which i don't i don't really read into that a lot but if he has a season where like the offensive line doesn't put it together and it's a struggle yeah i i think he would retire after the year if they figure it out and they have like a deep run in the playoffs they don't necessarily have to win the super bowl but if they have a deep run like to another NFC title game and he loses like a hard fought game. I could see going into the off season, a lot of questions about him coming back for one more year. I think, I mean, at this point he's on a year to year basis where how his body feels, whatever his family life is. I'm not yeah. one to count Brady out ever, but I, Never, I, yeah. I do kind of think this will be it for him. Like I just see his like his like attitude and like, like the press conferences and stuff. It's like I know he's getting older. I know like you know his old line's kind of like you know not as you know not as good as other old lines he's had mm-hmm. he's had in the past. So like you know players are linebackers are, linebackers are getting more yeah getting to him more than than years past and um you know. Um, like you say, you can't really count out Tom Brady because he's on a year-to-year basis. Like I feel like it's like a LeBron James effect. Like you know, like he's a, he's the top top player. You know, have I mean, obviously LeBron's like signed like a full-year contract back in, but like you know, like that one. You know, like what is he gonna do in the offseason? You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. like what is he gonna do? Like I mean, um, but I, yeah, like that's yeah. I mean, I I would want to say I want to see him retire after this year, but like you never know with Brady. Like you never know. Well, the thing with Brady was also he always said he wanted to play till he was 45. That that was like the number for him for like the last seven, eight years. And I believe if he gets through this year, he'll be 45 by the end of the season. So technically, if he were to retire, then he kind of hit the benchmark he wanted to hit. Maybe that's all it is at this point. He just wants to prove he can play at 45. And then once he gets there, he'll be like, Okay, I'm done. I pushed the envelope enough. So, like I said, I'm leaning toward this being the end, his last year, but it wouldn't surprise me if he said he'd give it one more run. So you're saying like he will he'll play when he's forty. So he's he he's 40, told the media forty five was 45. the age he wanted to play at, and people thought he was crazy when he said it several years ago. Wait, well, how old is he? He's like forty four. Think so, but I, I believe he turns forty-five. I'm trying to think when his birthday is. It might be like right after the season. I know that he's like coming up on that number. Okay, yeah. So he t- actually he turned forty-five in August. So he's already forty-five. So technically, by the end of the season, he would have played into his forty-fifth year. So. He would have fulfilled that promise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Uh, like, we'll see what he does, man. It's kind of it's, it's interesting because, like, you know, Grant retired and, like, that was not his number one guy. And like, I, I, mean, I don't know who their tight end is. I, I don't know who their tight end is. It's, uh, uh, O.J. Howard, yeah. I think. No, they moved on from O.J. Howard. It's uh, Cameron Brait is their yeah. tight end. Yeah. I think they have a young guy as well, but I know Cameron Brait's the main tight end. Cameron Brait, yeah. Um, Plus, so, Gronk, Gronk kind of retired because he always had back injuries and other injuries because he was so big. He was such a large target for 
safeties and all that to hit. So it was only a matter of time before his body really told him that he had to step away. Right, right. Um, so the game that actually this across the pond in uh, London, the first London game of the season, Saints and uh, Vikings. Um, I, I think I mm, – so, like, Minnesota, there's three-point three favors um, against mm-hmm. the Saints. I think Jam- I'm, I'm, I think James Winston is out, or I think I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he's playing, but I kind of I'm, I'm kind of going with uh, the Vikings for this game. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Vikings as well, only because I think Winston's gonna play. I think there was some questions earlier in the week if he would play, but I believe like yesterday or something, it was reported that Winston was on the plane to London so it looks like he will play my um my thing is that the Saints offense Winston still turns the ball over way too much for me I I believe Michael Thomas is out and I think that's going to be a major loss for them even though Michael Thomas wasn't looking all that great but he was still like a viable option in the passing game the Vikings I know have had their issues but it's mainly primetime games. I don't know. You wouldn't really count the London game as a primetime game. It's a 10 in the morning game over here. Although I think that's like 4 o'clock there, so it's not even primetime game there. So because of that, I think we'll get the good Kirk Cousins. The Saints defense, though, will play a major part in this game because their secondary is great. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be Justin Jefferson's shadow all game. So this might be a game where we get a big Adam Thielen day. Um, Dalvin Cook, I think, is banged up, but I think he'll be good to go, and that's going to be key as well. So I think it'll be a big Thielen day. I think Cook probably gets them a touchdown or two, and I think the Vikings could win this one pretty comfortably. Um, I'm thinking maybe... 27 16 27 13 something like that yeah i think i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna pick um the score to be uh, 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 20 uh, i'm probably gonna say 24 i think 24 10 yeah i mean like i said the only way the saints have a chance the defense would have to really get to Cousins and get him off his game. I think it's the only chance they win. And Kamara has to show up. Kamara's been really quiet so far this year. Oh, yeah. They, oh, very quiet. Oh, yeah. And then Michael Thomas kind of like, you know, he, he's kind of doing this thing, but he's like, he's injury prone. Um, so, yeah, so, like, we'll see. We'll see. Like, but hey, I mean, they could upset. I mean, since they're in London, they could upset, you know, that vibe there and, you know, the fans. I mean, it could be a factor, you know, in that mm-hmm. game. So maybe Saints can pull it off. But yeah. I feel like, you know, Matt, um, I feel like um, I feel like uh, Kirk Cousins can, you know, pull it off, man, for sure. Do you like the London games? Um, I know a couple of years ago we played the Jaguars in London. Um, I think we, I think we won that game. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, you know um, – I feel like for the, I mean, it's good for the fans that you know haven't really 
that are that are in London that haven't really seen American football. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm so again, I mean, I mean, football like or football is played in the USA, um, with the MLS. So I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like you know bringing that aspect over to like the uh, to London is good. Is good you know, what I'm saying for. I mean, because you know, like, like Lamar Jackson, or like you know, these with QBs, these players, they're not just, just well known in the in the USA. They're well known globally. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, in other countries, so broadcasting that to London and the, in other countries, I'm I'm not sure if um Roger Goodell has a, has a game in Mexico this year. I'm not sure. I'm not, I think they do. Uh, so I think, I think there's going to be one in Mexico City this year. Yeah, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, I like that aspect of it. Like, you know, getting the fans, you know, accustomed to like the American football, how, mm-hmm. how it's played. And um, I'm not sure what stadium is played at. Like, uh, I, like Wembley. I feel like stadium. I feel like they they either use Wembley or Tottenham Stadium. I can't remember what their stadium is. I think those are the two that they usually use. So I'm assuming this one's probably at Wembley. Wembley, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, something like, what do you think about that? Like, you think, do you like, do you like the aspect of that, like going to London? I think it's a great idea. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, sure, like, I'm sure a lot of the players don't like it because you know flying yeah. over to London's kind of a hassle. But when the games are there, like, you know, the fans don't have a necessary team to root for. Exactly. The so Jaguars, like the Jaguars yeah. have kind of become like the London team the past few years. But it, when they show the crowd, you'll see. Falcon jerseys, Patriots jerseys, Steelers jerseys. So clearly it's a market that likes the sport. I do wonder would Goodell, you know, try to extend the reach even further? Because I think I've heard they're looking at Germany maybe, but that's still England, Germany is right there. Like would he ever do a game in China or Japan or something like that? I think that might be a little bit because that's like a, was that like a 20 hour flight or something depending on what teams you send there so maybe england mexico that's maybe that's the extent of the reach maybe germany or some of those european like uh western european countries france something like that he could get away with but Yeah. yeah if he tried to do like south america or something i think that'd be too much so yeah i'm a fan of the England stuff. I know they talked about like putting a team over there permanently. I think that would be a weird idea because now, depending on what division you put them in, each team in that division has to make that London trip. And then a team in London has to make several trips to the US. That'd be really weird. But but maybe this is to, to bring up NFL Europe which they had years ago and then they stopped it. Maybe this is the way to maybe bring NFL Europe back, which they do do that. Then I think I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Wait, so what's NFL Europe? Like, what is that? What, like, what was that? So that was like, I think it stopped maybe like mid two thousands where they had like a legit league in Europe where I think there was a team in Berlin. I think there was a London team. Uh, Frankfurt. It might have been like eight teams or so that played football in Europe. I think the season was over the summer. And then I even think that there was some talent that played NFL Europe. 
that then came over and played in the NFL after that. So it was it was a place where, you know, guys who didn't get drafted, it gave them another outlet to still continue their career, but just be overseas. And then I think the viewership for the league kind of took a big hit. And then the NFL was like, yeah, we're just going to cut it because whatever. So maybe they rebranded it or something. Maybe it'd be a success again, but maybe that's a, maybe that's the end game for all of the London games and all that. I don't know. Right, right. I guess to end it off, end it off the show, like I guess we can go through our um, our locks, our upsets. Um, I mean, other games. I mean, other games are John. Um, other games are Browns, Falcons, Commanders, Cowboys, um, Seahawks, Lions, Titans, Colts, Bears, Giants, Jaguars, Eagles. That's gonna be a good one. Um, Jets, Steelers, uh, Chargers, Texans, Cardinals, Panthers. Um, your Patriots and Packers, um, Broncos, Raiders is gonna be a, uh, gonna be a good one because Broncos are kind of having, having their struggles, and then maybe they can get a win. Um, Raiders can, uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. And then the Rams and Fort Niners. Yeah, so let's take our um, let's take our locks and our uh, upsets and our you know our guarantees. So if you want to go first, man, what are your? Uh, let's go with the um, let's go with the upset of the week. Okay. Um. So for me, I actually think the Steelers could be upset by the Jets. And with Zach Wilson coming back, I think that could give the Jets a, you know, jolt of life because Flacco played really poorly last week. But the Jets sneaky have decent talent offensively. It's just that they need a guy who can get them the ball consistently because you have uh Brees Hall, who's a speed back, you know, coming out of the backfield who gives defenses a lot of problems. You have, um, was it Elijah Moore at the wide receiver position? Who was a big, you know, he's a decent wide receiver. So I think if Wilson comes back from the injury, you know, doesn't, try to go all Brett Favre and throw these dangerous passes. I do think the Jets could beat them because the Jets defense, I believe will give Trubisky a lot of problems. And with it being in Pittsburgh, this could be a game where we see Kenny Pickett play in the second half. I think it could get that bad for Trubisky in this one. Their only real weapon is Najee Harris, but he's coming into this game banged up. And if he's not able to find openings in the offensive line, that puts too much pressure on Trubisky and he's just not that good right now. I mean, I think Trubisky is probably a career backup at this point. If he's your, if he's your starter on your team, you're probably not a playoff team. So I think at this point, it's just whether or not Tomlin wants to pull the trigger and put Kenny Pickett in and just let Whatever happens, happens at that point. But yeah, I, I would take the Jets as the upset in that game. Um, I mean, do you want me to do my lock, or you gonna do your upset? Yeah, so you can do your um, upset and lock uh, okay. first, and, and then I'll go. I'll go. All right. So my lock. I mean, there's a lot of interesting games. I mean, I could have went. Broncos as an upset as well. 
but I don't know if I feel good enough about them to be a lock. Oh, man, man, man. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I might actually take the Vikings as my lock over the Saints. Only because, like I said, Saints offense and Jameis Winston. Yeah, I, I just think the Vikings will pull that one out. I'm not even confident in that because I could come up with several scenarios where the Saints could win that game, but I I just think the Vikings will get it done over there. So I'll take that as my lock. Gosh, you gosh. So And that's only because I, I refuse to pick the Packers as my lock. Yeah, gosh. Um so my lock is probably gonna be um my my lock is gonna be Browns beating the Falcons. That's okay. a, it's a lock. Um, they're two and one. Falcons mm-hmm. one and two. Cleveland actually they're a one point favorite. Wow, that's crazy. Not that that makes sense. It, it should yeah. be. Yeah, the Falcons miss a lot of tackles, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt could have a field day in that game. I could see that. The Falcons' offense isn't that bad. It's just that I think the defense will let them down. So I could. I could understand that being a lock pick for you. Yeah. I mean, but they say he was one, a one-point favorite. That's kind of shocking as a one-point favorite. Um, That's only because it's a road game. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, the home team automatically gets three points. So that's gotcha. why that that line's only one for Cleveland. Yeah, so that, their lock is uh, Browns-Falcons. And then my upset. Mm-mm-mm. My upset's gonna be. I feel like the Raiders can, uh, the Raiders can somehow find a way to beat the Broncos, man. It, I mean, they're zero three, looking for a win. It's a con- it's a it's a conference game. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I mean, that one, the Raiders are actually the favorite in that game. Favorite in that game? Yeah. So they said they wouldn't be upset in a way. Nope. No. That's crazy. Um, let's see, let me see, let me see. I got okay. Or actually, lines are three and a half of the Seahawks. You know, I don't know any other upsets. I mean, there's there's a there's a few like potential upsets on the schedule. I mean, I guess maybe to give you a little help, because there's a few that I thought about. Yeah. The the Rams, the Rams are an underdog to the Niners for whatever reason. That was one I thought. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I I put put the Rams over for because because they have a better, you know, other than Debo Samuel, they have a better, they got Cup. I mean, they got, you know, um, you know, they got, you know, I mean, they got, um, Donald still they got Ramsey a better a better defense. Yeah, all right. So yeah, I picked the I think the Rams over the Niners. Man. I mean, I I do kind of know why. Well, I have a theory why they have the Niners as a favorite because I don't think Vegas has been, you know, impressed by the Rams so far. And one sneaky story that people probably need to look at is. 
why Allen Robinson is not a major part of their offense. For whatever reason, uh, Stafford doesn't look his way a lot. And I don't, I, I mean, he looks, he always looks a cup first. Then he looks at like Higby second. And it's gotten to the point where he's looking at uh, Skoranek more than Allen Robinson. And I think that's crazy. So if Stafford can start getting Allen Robinson into the flow of the offense, I think the Rams could really take off. But I think that's part of the reason why the Niners are the favorite because the Niners do have a good defense. I will give them that. And I guess they probably figure Garoppolo will play better at home than on the road. So. I guess just to, just to end it off, I guess the last segment, um, both segment and judge, I, I know we talked about, um, you know, in the previous shows that, mm-hmm. you know, he wants that, he wanted, or he's reaching for that 61 uh, or 61st home run to tie Roger Maris and yep. um, the um, home run, our season home run record. Um, and judge got it against the Toronto Blue Toronto Jays on a 3-2 count. Um he hit the ball at the park, and mm-hmm. now he's looking to overpass at 661. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think this etches or, or sketches um, Aaron Judge's MVP, you know, debate. I think it squashes the debate mm-hmm. for MVP. What do you think about that, man? Like, what do you – I mean, if, there, if there's one thing you can say about baseball is they're very, you know – big into history and records and all that. So if Aaron judge gets number 62, I do agree that probably locks up the MVP only because of the significance of doing that, especially as a Yankee taking the record from a former Yankee. It'll, it'll just be that big of a deal that he'll have to get it. Now I would also leave it up to baseball to be, kind of cowardly and give like Aaron judge, you know, silver slugger award for being like the best hitter, but then give the MVP to Otani. I don't think that's going to happen, but baseball would do something weird like that. Cause that's just how baseball is. But yeah, if he gets 62, he'll, he'll be MVP. He'll deserve it. And I mean, that's coming from a Red Sox fan. So it's hard for me to give Yankees any praise. Um, but yeah, and I think the crazy thing is like, isn't Aaron Judge? Um, is he like pushing thirty or something, or is he thirty now? His age? Yeah, I think he's like twenty. I feel like Aaron Judge is older than people think. I think he's still young, man. I think he's like twenty-five, twenty-six, or twenty-seven. I don't think so. I think he's older. Aaron Judge is Oh yeah, he's 30. Yeah, like he's April, old, he's April older 26, than people think. 1992 he was born. That's crazy to me that he's actually 30. It seems like he's only been a major leaguer for like a couple of years. So it's probably some interesting story there, but um but yeah, I, like I said for him being in the New York market, if he breaks that record, it'd be hard for the baseball writers to not give him the MVP. He's starting up. Yep. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, thanks for, 
didn't even know that. Like he was, I thought he was like like 29, 28, 20. It has to be something where he must have been in the minor leagues for a while. Yeah. But um that will end tonight's show. Um again, thanks Kyle for coming on as my co-host, man. Um, this is the JJ Sports Talk Show. Like I said, we are um we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcast. Um, the you um, the live version will be on Facebook Live and YouTube uh, on a YouTube channel called the JJ Sports Talk Show YouTube page. Yeah, man, we'll be back next Friday, or um, we'll be and Tuesday we'll be on the Big Three podcast. Yep, and then Friday we'll be, we'll be on um, my show or yeah our show. Um, so yeah, we'll be back. With, uh, with another one, man, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, you know, no problem. It's always a good time. So, yes, sir. Yeah, football's back, basketball's coming back, y'all. So, be prepared for some NBA talk next podcast show. Yep. We we're supposed to talk about NBA uh, last podcast or this podcast, but we just got so wrapped up in NFL and other things. But um, it's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, preseason starts. Um, actually, it starts now. The NBA, a couple games happen. Like, uh, yeah, Golden State played in like Tokyo, which that had to be the like coolest experience. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, like this will do it for tonight's episode. Thanks for tuning in. And um, like I said, you can follow our follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon um, Music. Um, uh, am I missing anything? Um, iHeartRadio, everywhere yeah. you listen to podcasts, we we there, we there. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back when we we'll back next week. Yep. All right.